Hi, everyone. Welcome back to On Our Shelves, the podcast. I'm Annabelle. And I'm Sarah. And welcome to episode three of the podcast. In this episode, we'll be chatting about Sense and Sensibility by Jane Austen. And we would like to formally welcome you to the Edward Ferris Hate Club. We would. Before we officially jump into it, this will be heavy on spoilers, um, as we need to get into the details to discuss how garbage Edward Ferris is, which we, of course, literally just mentioned and will be mentioned regularly throughout this episode. To be fair, we have already spoiled (laughs) Sense and Sensibility in our other episodes, but I thought we should give you a fair warning. Anyway, we will be going more in depth into this plot because it actually has a plot, so that will be our main focus. That being said, we are first going to introduce you to the main characters, which are the two eldest Dashwood sisters. So the oldest is Eleanor Dashwood. She's 19. She's very serious. She internalizes her emotions. She's kind and composed, but also has a little bit of bite. She's like a light version of Elizabeth Bennet, in my opinion. And she is the titular sense. Marianne Dashwood (laughs) is the second oldest Dashwood. She is 17. She's a romantic. She's emotional. She's spontaneous. And the titular sensibility. And when I was reading this, I wrote a tweet that I think was excellent. So I'm sharing it it here. So here it goes. Eleanor Dashwood is a smart bitch. Marianne Dashwood is a dramatic bitch. And Mrs. John Dashwood is just a bitch. Yeah, retweet. Also, I specifically called her Mrs. John Dashwood instead of Fanny Dashwood because she does not deserve a name. She is just so, so mean. Yeah. She does not deserve rights. So the reason why we think she's just a bitch and does not deserve rights is because she's the reason why Mr. John Dashwood does not actually take care of his stepmother and half-siblings after Daddy Dashwood dies. And then Eleanor and Marianne and their direct family have to leave their house and move into a tiny cottage because Mr. John Dashwood said, yeah, I guess I, I did promise to take care of you, but I'm just not going to. Yeah. Mostly because Fanny convinced him to. Well, it's really bad because Fanny's like, well, well, what if we need that money for our kid in like 20 years? What if everything goes wrong and you like taking care of your siblings as like both respect and your promise to your father would dictate what if that makes little little baby johnny or baby henry or whatever the baby's name is poor or not as rich and it's like come on yeah. mrs john dashwood you're just being horrible I'm like fine if she used that argument like to lower the amount like just a little bit but the way that they just like completely just like it was significant yeah like completely fucked them over in terms of like they literally can barely scrape together enough money to live it's to be fair like at their status like they went down in status from when daddy dashwood was alive but they still aren't like servants or anything like they still they still are in their strata barely have enough money to remain there like they don't have any servants they they also have to like take a lot of economies with like the food that they eat so like really they're remaining in that like class level is only really in name and not even like literally yeah they're like miss bates except for not annoying kind of yeah they're just trying eleanor's to do their not best. annoying yeah okay. but like they they go off the the charity of others yeah okay so basically the dash was get kicked out of their house and while this is all happening edward ferris fanny dashwood's brother comes to visit and 
it seems like he and Eleanor vibe. Like, there's definitely something going on there whenever they see each other for, you know, the few months that he's visiting. Fanny does not like that. Yeah, Fanny does not like that. That's why it's drama. So the Dashwoods eventually move into Sir Middleton's cottage because they obviously get kicked out. They meet the Middletons. They meet their neighbors, one of which is Colonel Brandon, who's 35 and unmarried, but who's very well respected. He's quiet, and he seems like he's kind of interested in Marianne. Who is 17 years old. Yes, she is 17 years old. So questionable, but Marianne's not really into it and kind of like blows him off. She especially blows him off when Willoughby shows up and Mr. Willoughby, I don't remember what his first name is, probably something annoying. Probably but John. Probably John, let's be honest. But Marianne is just, she's walking through the woods, having a great time, and she twists her ankle. Yeah. And Willoughby saves her. I think he like carries her back to the house or something very dramatic and romantic like yeah. that. Straight and, out of one of Marianne's like novels or like yeah, stories that she would read. Exactly. And they also vibe and do unchaperoned activities for the romance. So everyone thinks that they're going to be engaged. And Mary Ann is very into it. And he like reads Shakespeare and is attractive and charming. Pretty much the exact opposite of Colonel Brandon. Yeah. And then Willoughby just leaves. He just, he just yeets right out of there. Suddenly. And Mary Ann is very sad. And everyone is like, I thought you were engaged. And Marianne like kind of acts like they are engaged. Like she doesn't say the words, but but like again, those yeah. are the vibes that are like coming She's off of very, it. She's not very forthcoming about what exactly the status of their relationship was. Yeah, yeah. And then after that, Edward Ferris shows up for like a week, and he and Eleanor hang out, but something's kind of off. But nothing, like, really dramatic happened there. Yeah. But. but yeah, so then he leaves. And then quite soon after, some more people come to visit the neighborhood, one of which is the Miss Steeles, specifically Lucy Steele, who quickly confides in Eleanor and tells her that she's secretly engaged to Edward Ferris. Let that sink in. So Lucy Steele, like, literally, Eleanor has known her for, like, mm, like two minutes. And she's like, mm-hmm. you know... I really feel a connection between us, Eleanor. So I'm just going to tell you this thing. And she's like, "Mm, I don't know if you should tell me like something personal, you know? And then Lucy's like, I'm going to do it. And she's like, (laughs) Edward Ferris, me and him are engaged. And we've been engaged for years. And Eleanor's like, what? What? This is the first I've heard of this. I've never even heard your name. He's never even mentioned you. So she's very confused. She's also extremely heartbroken. But she keeps it to herself because she's like, we got other issues. Mainly, Marianne is very sad. Yeah. Yeah. So, when we say Eleanor was like, what the fuck? Really, she just like sat there and smiled politely and was like, hmm. Oh. How lovely. <laughs> She's like, oh, that's that's so surprising to hear. <laughs> and then Lucy so, yeah. doesn't shut up about it and like no. takes every opportunity to be like, oh, yes, Eleanor, you're the only person who, other than Edward, who knows. Ugh. <laughs> I miss Edward so much. And then Eleanor's like, oh my God, what do I, I don't even know what to do. But she keeps it to herself. She bottles it up. The poor girl. Some other things occur and eventually Mrs. Jennings invites Eleanor and Marianne to accompany her to London, which is where the angst, the true angst of the story reaches its peak, you know? (laughs) 
So obviously we get to London and Marianne knows that Willoughby is in London and so she's dying to see him and she hopes that she's going to glimpse him somewhere and she sends him lots of letters like every single day she writes him a letter telling him that she's in London and that she wants to see him basically. He does not respond to any of them and she does eventually see him at a ball where he's very cold and he ignores her. She's obviously very distraught, heartbroken and quite soon after Willoughby sends her a letter saying that they're over and that he's engaged to some rich girl. Marianne falls into like a deep state of depression like she cannot get out of bed she is not seeing visitors she is not doing well. She's in heavy sad boy hours. Yes the angst is is a lot so obviously everyone's very worried about her all the while Eleanor also has to suffer through the company of Lucy Steele and Fanny Dashwood in London because they're also there and they're suddenly BFFs. And Lucy Steele literally is like, oh my god, Fanny likes me so much and so does the rest of Edward's family. Like, I feel like, you know, it's so wonderful that they love me and like they're so nice and I love them, etc, etc. And Eleanor's like, wow, they're literally the worst, so mean to me. And you literally see that. Yeah, but Eleanor kind of thinks it's hilarious because she's like, just you wait, bitch. (laughs) Yeah, just you wait until your secret's revealed. But yeah, so no one really knows about this secret engagement, but it is still a little bit of angst on Eleanor's side. And also Eleanor has not told anyone about this. She has not told Marianne. She has not told her mother. She has not told literally anyone. It's just, she's just keeping it to herself. So eventually Colonel Brandon visits because he feels that he needs to reveal the truth about Willoughby to Eleanor, who will probably convey it to Marianne. So Colonel Brandon, it reveals this tragic backstory that the main point is that he has an adoptive daughter who at some point disappeared and then was, you know, found months later pregnant with Willoughby's child and Willoughby nowhere to be found. So Willoughby turns out not only is he trash, like he's the trash of the trash. He's more trash than originally thought. So Mm. next, they're just vibing in London and eventually all hell breaks loose and Marianne and Eleanor are like, what, what's going on? I'm so confused. Why is everyone just like having an aneurysm right now? (laughs) And the reason was, was that Lucy's sister accidentally revealed Edward and Lucy's secret engagement. And Mrs. Ferris was not happy. Neither was Fanny. Fanny wasn't either, but no, (laughs) I don't really, any, any issues that Fanny has, I, I encourage them. Um, But anyway, so Edward is threatened with losing his inheritance, but he doesn't break off the engagement and the single act of autonomy that he displayed in the entire novel. He has one other one. What's the other one? Asking Eleanor to marry him. (laughs) (sighs) Even that is not even explicitly stated in the book. No, because basically she was just like, by the end of the afternoon, they were engaged. Eleanor fucking could have been like, hey, you loser. Now. We're getting married. Anyway, okay. apologies. So, we're getting ahead of ourselves. <laughs> we are getting ahead of ourselves. And so after all this drama occurs, the Dashwoods and like the Middletons and some other people, I don't remember their names. Um, the Palmers. Leaf- Palmers, yes, that's it. The Palmers. They like all went and just hung out at their house and apparently was near Willoughby's house and Marianne completely loses the plot. And she like goes over to Willoughby's house in the rain. 
and then just gets very ill yeah she's doing it for the angst (laughs) she is doing it for the angst and she's just like very dramatic and gets very very sick everyone's trying to make her better colonel brandon gravely ill like she like might die yeah and colonel brandon goes off to get her mom from barton cottage and during this whole time willoughby the fucker hears that she's sick and comes to check on marianne and he like talks to eleanor and eleanor's like i hate you and then willoughby quote explains all of his actions and it's basically like i'm poor end of sentence (laughs) i think i think because of what happened with colonel brandon's adoptive daughter he got like disinherited from his house and then all of a sudden he was like "Mm, yeah i need to like get money i can't live and be poor yeah so he married this rich lady that's why he married that rich girl but marianne will always be his one true love he doesn't care about his wife and eleanor was kind of like i mean i kind of feel bad for you but also like good riddance yeah and then when colonel brandon is bringing marianne's mother back he reveals that he loves marianne and then pretty much everyone after this colludes to get <laughs> Colonel Brandon and Marianne together, which still, Colonel Brandon is an old dry man who was like in love with a woman who was like Marianne who died. And now he's looking for his long lost love in the form of a literal child. Okay, wait, wait, wait. So M- more to the lost love if we're going to get deep into Colonel Brandon's story. Oh. So this lost love is the one who had that daughter mm-hmm. who's Marianne's age. Mm-hmm. Did she die in childbirth? I no, know. she died of... Did she get divorced? Because she married Colonel Brandon's brother. Yeah, but I don't think he treated her well. And then, like, yeah. she ended up, like... I don't know. She had a child, and then she died. And then Colonel Brandon felt responsible for this child. So the adoptive daughter that Willoughby got pregnant is literally the daughter of Colonel Brandon's first love, who Marianne reminds him of yeah so just like icky vibes (laughs) and this like adoptive daughter is marianne's age yeah like there's like mm, the ages are just so it's not just the it's not just the ages though it's like the experience and the attitudes yeah it's just like Like, there's a lot of different dynamics going yeah like we discussed this mm. with you know how in emma we just are kind of like you know we just don't think about the age difference yeah because like it's not they are yeah and like they are kind of in similar ways of life, Stations, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Like, Emma has had a lot of responsibilities. And yeah, she fucks up. But, like, it's more of a symbiotic thing. And I feel mm-hmm. like Marianne is just, like, a romantic child. We've kind of lost the plot. We have. So, just like Marianne. <laughs> Marianne does eventually get better. And, you know, everyone is colluding, trying to get Colonel Brandon and Marianne together. And Marianne, you know, still a little bit heartbroken, but on the mend. So mm-hmm. I think she sees some reason about, you know, maybe she shouldn't have been so dramatic and angsty. So they eventually go home to their little cottage and they just vibe for a while. And then there's some nonsense miscommunication that occurs where news is delivered that a Mr. Ferris married a Lucy Steele. And of course, Eleanor and everyone is like so upset because they're like, oh, my God, I can't believe this. We really thought, like, like we knew it would happen, but but I didn't know it'd be so soon. But also, like I can't believe that Edward married her because we all thought he was going to marry you, and I can't believe they were secretly engaged this whole time that he didn't tell us. I mean, valid valid point. <laughs> and then, who comes to visit 
but Edward. So he, he just randomly arrives pretty soon after this news, and he reveals that it was actually his brother who married Lucy. There's obviously an angsty conversation beforehand where they're like, congratulations, and he's like, uh, okay. And then <laughs> they're like, you know, like, how is, like, the Mrs. Ferris? And then he's like, oh, my mother's fine. <laughs> and everyone's like... And everyone's like, no, like, Mrs. Edward Ferris. And he's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Little dumbass. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh my god, he's so stupid. <laughs> so dumb. Okay, either way, he... He reveals that it was actually his brother who married Lucy Steele because yeah. Lucy dumped him after he got disinherited. Eleanor is obviously overjoyed and literally starts crying like that is written in the book. Like she's like overwhelmed with emotion and starts crying because she's like so happy and relieved. And like she has never shown emotion like explicitly yeah. throughout this book. Like the author says like, oh, she's sad, but she never like displays it. Yeah. And she never like shares her feelings with anyone else. And, like, her whole family is, like, how were you just, you know, going about your business with the knowledge that Lucy Steele is engaged to Edward? Because she does eventually tell her her sister and her mom about it. And that's, like, also a little bit of resolution between Marianne and Eleanor because, you know, the whole book, Marianne is like, Eleanor, show some emotions, have feelings, be romantic. And Eleanor is like, "Mm, no, I'm going to be sensible. So She's going to be sensed. Yes. This is where semantics get a little bit difficult because to me being like sensible is like is like you are having sense, but yeah. the way that this is, it's like you're being emotional. Yes. So keep that okay. in mind when you're when you're thinking. We're kind of going we're going off off the rails here. We're getting a little too far ahead of ourselves. It's really so, okay. So Eleanor cries, she has happy tears. I think she runs out of the room, whatever. Eventually, Edward and Eleanor get engaged later on that day. Gross. Not explicitly stated who or how this engagement goes <laughs> down. It just says that they're engaged by the end of the day. So, okay. And then shortly after, Marion and Colonel Brandon also get engaged, which... It's a slow burn. Yeah, but also, like, do we really see that relationship develop? No. I don't know. We don't. So it's like, mm, it's a yikes. It is a it's yikes. It's a yikes all around. And then I guess everyone's happy. They get married. So as you can tell, not, we're not very satisfied with this conclusion <laughs> and with the men in this story and how they caused the Dashwood sisters to be, you know, all over the place emotionally. Like like 87% of this book is the Dashwood sisters in sad boy hours in some capacity. <laughs> That's true. Okay, so if you want a little bit of a TLDL, too long, didn't listen, here's my Goodreads review. And I quote, I really loved this. Eleanor is such a good character. To me, she reads as a mix of Elizabeth Bennett and Anne Elliot. Anne Elliot we will talk about in the Persuasion episode. Kind, socially respectable, but with some bite. Also, all of the men in this were trash. Willoughby, spelled incorrectly, trash. <laughs> Edward, trash. John Dashwood, trash. Sir what his face? Trash. <laughs> Colonel Brandon? Not exactly trash, but not my fave either. I high heat wish that Eleanor ended up with Colonel Brandon, Edward ended up with nobody because he was absolutely spineless, and Marianne ended up with someone completely different, but this did not detract from my enjoyment of the book. And I would just like to do a little asterisk. I did say that Sir what's his face is trash. That is Sir Middleton. And I was trying to remember why I said he was trash, and I couldn't figure it out. So on the initial read, he must have done something trash, but it was not flagrant enough 
to stick in my mind. I don't know what he would have done. Yeah. Other than like be kind of annoying because he's, you know, they, yeah. they love the gossip. They do love the gossip. So yeah. Okay, let's start the discussion. Annabelle, why do you hate Edward Ferris? He's spineless. He leads two women on. Two. Like, yes, one of them is trash. Lucy was trash. In yeah. the end, it was revealed. But still. Whatever. He still, like, let her on for so long until she broke things off. Which, we're going to use that as a segue because he, he just, like, lets things happen to him and he doesn't make his own decisions. Mm-hmm. Like, he is literally so lucky that Jane Austen let him have his happy ending. Because if Lucy didn't break off the engagement and that also Eleanor was not as, like, forgiving as she is, he would be alone. Mm-hmm. And he deserves And he would that. deserve it. Yeah. So... Also, he is yeah. literally, so he is a man, and men have agency, especially in Regency England, yeah. and he didn't use it. The only time he used his agency was to keep his engagement to Lucy Steele, mm-hmm. who he didn't even like. Literally the one time that he used his agency, it was for a stupid reason. So, Because yeah. he yeah. had to be honorable, and he like, he like couldn't break this engagement off, even though they got engaged literally when they were like teenagers like they were like children and they had like little crushes on each other yeah like i do not understand the literal mental gymnastics this man does in order to make himself and the woman that he supposedly loves suffer yeah like why didn't he at least tell her in the beginning like he almost tells her multiple times yeah and then he just doesn't he just like doesn't want to rock the boat he doesn't want to rock the boat with eleanor he doesn't want to rock the boat with his sister or his mom but it's just like bro yeah, as soon as like someone rocks the boat for him he's like oh okay i guess like i should stick to you know my decision i made yeah it's but, like, so dumb the decision he made when he was literally a child and that like he- yeah but also like mm. once he and eleanor started vibing. unofficially courting yeah once you start vibing i feel like it's a reasonable thing to be like I'm engaged. Like, honest conversation is the best policy, especially when you're engaged. Yes. And he had a ring with a lock of her hair in it. Which is, like, real intense for the age. So either way, he's so stupid, and he doesn't break off this engagement, even though he clearly has feelings for someone else. And, like, his parents didn't Uh, even want him to marry this woman. I know. Like, (laughs) like, he had the family pressure on him to, like, marry some rich heiress. And then he, like, kept that. Like, it would make sense. But it was just some random chick. He's literally, he should be so thankful that she dumped him. Because what if she didn't break up with him? Would he have married her? Yes. (laughs) Because he's that stupid. And he would have been miserable. And honestly, I think Mm -hmm. Lucy would have been miserable too. Because it doesn't seem like they actually know each other. Because mm-hmm. they, like, knew each other, and then he obviously went away, and they hadn't seen each other for literally years. I don't I don't understand. I don't yeah. understand. Like, literally, he would have gotten married to her, which is the stupidest thing. The stupidest, stupidest thing. I, I just can't. His logic, it makes no sense to me. Yeah. I don't think he has any. He just, he, like, he goes with the flow. But I don't know. I don't like it. Yeah, and honestly, he, like accepted the pressure of his family like clearly fanny established that you know she didn't want him to be with eleanor and he like kind of accepted that like Mm -hmm. didn't really tell her no or anything but then as soon as it's like lucy steel like it's fine yeah and only until she breaks it off like he's gonna stand up to his parents i literally don't understand eleanor deserves better 
Eleanor does deserve better. I do think that that's a, that is a large part of it. Like Eleanor is such a great character that it's like like you're really gonna settle for this loser. Yeah, exactly. Because really he is. For this loser? He's a loser. What oh, else? There, else I forgot. I forgot what I, I was gonna mention this first. So my initial experience with Sense and Sensibility <laughs> was me, Annabelle, and our friend Abby. Who shout out to Abby. Shout out to Abby who encouraged us to start this podcast. We went to a high school drama performance by our college of sense and sensibility and it was really it was so really good. good it was so good and the kid who played edward ferris was just like such a little sweetie i mean everyone on the entire cast like i literally feel like they are my children yes they okay all of them were so good they were so precious so cute i loved all of them so much yes and i didn't but- think i was gonna feel this way about a random high school performance yeah, but Edward Ferris, he was just such a sweetie. And I was like, I love Edward Ferris. I am an Edward Ferris stan. And then I read the goddamn book and I was like, this man is the worst. Yeah, I you, hate him. Once you took those rose-colored glasses off, yeah, I loved that production. And that's I think that's genuinely my favorite. Favorite rendition of Sense and Yes, I think so. Because I also, I've seen the movie from the 90s. I've seen the miniseries and this production, this high school production, and this high school production is my favorite. Like, genuinely, hands down. That production was so, so good. So good. And I I understand why it made you an Edward Ferris stand. It was just, it felt so sweet and wholesome. Yeah, the way he delivered it, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) In reality, when you think about it, okay, even Hugh Grant, though, in the movie, like, I didn't want to hate him, but, like, I did. Because Edward Ferris is literally the worst. If you're an Edward Ferris supporter, I would really like to know why, why and what you would say, I guess, in defense of him and like some of the points that we brought up, because I don't think like him being really nice and like being like sweet and, you know, like being nice to Margaret, their younger sister. And like, I don't know what else he does that is good. Yeah, he exists, I, which is fine. Yeah, I don't I like guess. I don't think he really does anything that's worthy of honestly anyone he's like a piece of paper he's like a piece of cardboard they, they just like he lets everyone just like tote him around yeah and like even with the whole lucy Steele thing he's like yeah I'll ju- i'm just gonna be disinherited like it's fine whatever and then colonel brandon comes in is like i will offer you a place to work in like the, the parish the, yeah the parish on his property so like literally even that like He's just so lucky that, like, other people are willing to look out for him mm-hmm. and that things just go his way. Yeah, So, yeah, I just, I don't like him and I don't see how anyone could like him. And it upsets me that he got to be with Eleanor. I agree. Also, like, I just don't, I don't understand how their relationship could work. Eleanor would just, like, tell him what to do and he'd be like, okay. I mean, there are worse things. Yeah, but if I was Eleanor, I'd be so annoyed. Oh, that's true. Just like, like can you make... <laughs> A decision, please. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like he'd be so bland. So if you are an Edward Ferris stand, please, please let us know. Send us a message on Instagram or email us. Just tell us, please. Mm-hmm. We want to know. Anyway, are you more of a Marianne or an Eleanor? Well, I did take a quiz once that told me <laughs> I was an Eleanor. Well, it was the quiz was like, which Jane Austen heroine are you? 
and I got mm. Eleanor and I was like ooh I love Eleanor but then I was also like mm, I hate Edward Ferris <laughs> so I really was upset that I got that as a result because I was like mm -hmm. I cannot believe this quiz would put me as someone who would accept Edward Ferris's like half-assed like apology and nonsense mm -hmm. I was upset but I think I'm like Eleanor on the outside but more like Marianne on the inside I see it Sarah, I do, feel... you, do you also agree with that like yourself yeah like okay first of all I feel like do I come across as an Eleanor on the outside yes okay then yes but like my brain is always just like oh how romantic how like blah, blah, blah. and then I have to like pull it back in and be like Sarah no <laughs> also though like I, I'm not like to the extent that Marianne is like just like a little bit mm -hmm. because she like let certain things happen because mm -hmm. she's like oh but the romance like she had to have a dose of a little bit of sense yeah see no but that's why I think I wanted Eleanor and Colonel Brandon to get together because even though there's so much sense like they're so like they have a relationship that they built throughout the novel and even if it wasn't like a romantic or a sexual yeah. attraction or whatever, like still having that basis is so important. Yeah, I do think that they would have been a better couple. I just think they're like a boring option. But I yeah. think like they would have worked well together because Colonel Brandon is actually a human. <laughs> um, while we established that Edward Ferris is a piece of cardboard that is just brought around. Mm -hmm. And it's like a little bit less creepy because even though Mary or Eleanor is only two years older, she, she she's a lot. It's like more a reasonable like older... relationship. Like she's, it's it's based yeah. on their emotional connect connection as yeah. opposed to like, oh she's cute and innocent. I want her. Yeah, I just feel like you know mentally Marianne and Colonel Brandon are in two totally different planes, mm -hmm. and like he would be more of like a father figure to her than a romantic partner. Yeah. Whereas, like, Eleanor, I agree with that. Still, there is a significant age gap. It still feels a little bit more, like, equal. Mm-hmm. Mm. How does I mean, Either Eleanor... way, Colonel Brandon's age is a problematic element of this is. story. It is. So, Annabelle, how does Eleanor rank in the Austin heroines? Honestly, one of the top for me. But also, I haven't read all of them. So. <laughs> Yeah, for me right now, again, I've also only read five of them. So my ranking is Elizabeth Bennett is the first, Anne Elliot is number two, Eleanor Dashwood is number three, Emma is number four, and What's-Her-Face is number five. I just really did not like Northanger Abbey Girl. Catherine? Yeah, yeah Catherine. Yeah, Catherine Moreland. I, okay, I, while I love Northanger Abbey, I do think I would put Catherine Moreland near the bottom, but Catherine Moreland is kind of very similar to Marianne, where she's, like, very innocent. I think right now I would do Elizabeth, because basic. Mm -hmm. And number two, I think I would put Emma, and then I would put Eleanor. Mm. Now that I'm really thinking about it. That makes sense. And then I would put Catherine Moreland. I'm so sorry, girl. I love you, <laughs> but... <laughs> but I love Eleanor. Mm-hmm. I do too. I, mean, I, one, I also, you know, that quiz did tell me I'm just like, so. <laughs> one thing that I, not necessarily that I noticed, it's that I'm unsure about is there were certain points when she really had a lot of bite, but was it in first person? No, it can't have been in first person. I don't think so. Because, okay, so the way that it was written, it almost made me feel like it was first person. So all of the descriptions and the witty comments that Jane Austen makes, it feels like it's coming from Eleanor's mouth. 
So I think that's one of the reasons that I like her so much because I specifically remember there were a couple scenes where basically everyone's just being trash and Eleanor's just in the corner judging people. And she's like, I could say this, but, and then she like says something really nice. So basically yeah, I'm Eleanor's... wondering, I'm wondering if it, if I'm basing my opinion on Eleanor off of Jane Austen's narration style, or if it's like her narr- narration was a part of Eleanor's character and character development. Like there was that so... one scene that I really loved where Lucy Steele, Eleanor, and then like other people meet Mrs. Ferris and Lucy's just like, oh, everyone loves me. And and Eleanor is like, oh, they'd also do something for Miss Moreland, which is who other people thought Edward was going to marry. But like in her th- her head, she was like, I could say this, but I didn't. And I love that. Yeah. Like it's she has teeth, but she just chooses not to use them. But also like I see how that could also be like kind of a fault because like for example her emotions mm-hmm. she keeps her emotions inside for so long and that cannot have been good <laughs> no and but also I don't understand how like she could have taken all of the like taunts that Marianne gave to her about mm-hmm. you know not about never being feelings. in love yeah. or having feelings yeah all while she's literally having this internal turmoil like why couldn't she have been honest with her sister yeah and she was in the end, but it took, like, a long time for her to do that. And I understand, like, why she was like that. It makes sense for her character to be like that, especially with, like, her being the oldest and, like, having to take care of Marianne and her younger sister and, like, Loki, her mom. Mm-hmm. Like, I understand why she's like that, but you shouldn't you shouldn't bottle up your feelings for that long. Also, no. Marianne would have 100% joined the fuck Edward Ferris bandwagon immediately. Yeah, exactly. So there's like two sides to Eleanor where it's like, mm, she is very strong, but she's she still she doesn't, she doesn't need to do it all on her own. Yeah. Maybe that's why she likes Edward. <laughs> He'll just like let her do everything. Yeah. So as we stated before, Eleanor is the quote unquote sense in the title. Sense the and sensibility. titular. Yes. And then Marianne is sensibility in the title. And that's the title. I don't remember where we were going with this. <laughs> the men. Oh, yes. Men. Okay, so my analysis of it is that there's this really interesting dynamic where Jane Austen is saying that you need to have both the sense and the sensibility. So, but maybe a little bit more sense. Maybe a little bit more sense. She definitely favors the people with sense. So yeah, she favors she... Eleanor and she favors Colonel Brandon. But the two of them don't end up together. So, like, logically... The lesson of it is that you need to have some of both, in my opinion. I feel like, like, yes, but I also feel like she, because she goes so deep into, like, why having sensibility and, like, emotions or being overly emotional the way that Marianne is, like, why it's bad. Yeah. Because, like, Marianne literally just is suffering. She gets depressed, then she gets sick and almost dies, Mm -hmm. all because she's, like you know, feeling angsty and dramatic. Yeah. And then Edward Ferris, I guess, is is the sensibility of the duo. Yeah. And he literally does not exist. But, like, is he sensibility? Is he sensibility or is he just absence of sense? <laughs> absence of <laughs> Valid question, though. I don't know. We know. I don't know if, if Edward is sensibility in, the, in terms of, like, the title. Yeah. He might just be dumb. 
I don't know That's where Jane a- Austen was going with him, yeah. honestly. Okay, but do we agree that Colonel Brandon is sense? Yeah. So... I don't think that Edward is sensibility because, like, he's a wet piece of paper. A wet paper towel. Okay, but are a, we just... A, so- a soggy sock. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing. Are we... of a soggy sock. <laughs> here's the thing. Are we just saying that he's not sensibility because we don't like him? No, or... because I would gladly call him sensibility and be like, he's so stupid. But maybe I'm only thinking of, like, sensibility in terms of, like, the definition of Marianne. Mm-hmm. Because Edward Ferris is not really like Marianne. But yeah. he is in terms of, you know, he makes decisions that don't make sense. Yeah. The I think right part of the sensibility do, is like yeah. go with the flow. Like he doesn't have principles. And I think principles are something that really apply to the sense aspect. But technically Marianne does have like some principles. Yeah, that's she's true. Like, she just wants a dramatic love. Like that's her. Mm-hmm. She's a free spirit. And Edward is, is not a free spirit. But he's not not a free spirit because again he just kind of goes with the flow he just exists he like he does Mm. he is literally like i hate him (laughs) yeah i know is there a traditional hero in this and i know we started talking about this a little bit last night but my thoughts were so eleanor dashwood is the main heroine of this Mm -hmm. novel and Traditionally, in like romance novels, there's like two main characters. Actually, unless there's a throuple or more. Okay, <laughs> I digress. Anyway, traditionally, in the traditional romance novel, there's the hero and the heroine. And we have our heroine as Eleanor Dashwood. But it's pretty much impossible to say that Edward Ferris is the hero. Yes. Okay. So the question is, could you consider Colonel Brandon the hero, but then it wouldn't be a traditional hero? Or could you say that both Eleanor and Marianne are the, quote, heroines of it? So like they're the two main characters. I don't think that there's a hero. If there was one, like you said, it would be Colonel Brandon, but he's only a hero for Marianne and not for both Eleanor and Marianne. And Mm -hmm. Edward Ferris is just, he's not the hero because being a hero would mean that you take some action. Yeah. He takes none. But okay, so then is this more of a story about sisterhood or love? Not like romantic love. Yeah. I guess yes, because, you know, it is a lot about Marianne and Eleanor's relationship Mm -hmm. and how they're like very different. Yeah. Like Eleanor supports Marianne through all of her just like drama but, but like, also when get the chance to do that for Eleanor cuz Eleanor No, as I her. No, cuz there were there were a couple points that I remember but either I think one of them was Mrs. Ferris was mean about Eleanor's painting or whatever and Marianne went up to bat and like so basically whenever Eleanor doesn't react to something that Marianne thinks that she should react to Marianne is just like out of my She's way She's ready to fight for her She yeah she will fight for Eleanor and I like you don't need to have necessarily have like very different roles that you play so like like Eleanor supporting Marianne as she's going through emotional turmoil like that's that's a valid role but also mm-hmm. Marianne trying to protect Eleanor when Eleanor is being insulted like that's also another role that I think yeah is valuable to like the sisterhood storyline so yeah. honestly I was probably more invested in Eleanor and Marianne's Oh, definitely. Sisters, sisterhood. But their relationship, I think, is so much more valuable than really any of the other ones. Yeah, it's because the romances, in my opinion, in the story are so weak. 
But mm-hmm. honestly, this is one of my favorite Jane Austen books because of the family dynamics and like in all the senses, like Eleanor and Marianne's dynamic, but then also the dynamic between, you know, Dashwoods and John Dashwood mm-hmm. and like Fanny Dashwood and then like the whole Ferris family. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of different interesting yeah. family dynamics in the story. There is. So I guess we just kind of address this, but how do we feel about the ending? Thumbs Very down. Satisfactory. <laughs> yeah. Like don't know what the moral is for like Edward Ferris and Eleanor. I understand the moral for like Marianne and Colonel Brandon. Yeah. Of like don't have too much sensibility. <laughs> or else you might like get yourself sick and die. I, I, I kind of understand the moral for that, but like I do not don't understand. Rush into I love. don't understand the moral of like Edward and Eleanor. Like genuinely yeah. this man does nothing and he gets what he wants. <laughs> and Eleanor just like suffers classic and then men she gets, yeah and then Eleanor suffers and she still gets what she wants like she shouldn't she shouldn't have had to suffer like that yeah yeah so There's the last question basically on. was like is Lucy Steele genuine do you think that Lucy knew that Edward and Eleanor like had something I don't know that's like my big question because I always I... pretend that she does I think she does like, I think she has some inkling because at their first dinner, mm-hmm. I think the Middletons mentioned that... Or someone, Eleanor so, has, some, like, a lover with an F? Yeah, but they mentioned that she knows Edward Ferris. Mm-hmm. And that, she, like, Fanny Dashwood is, like, obviously, like, his sister is married to their half-brother. Yeah. So Lucy knows that she knows Edward, and then I think there's something else mentioned during that dinner, and then eventually it is, like, the, oh, she also has a Mr. F. Mm-hmm. So I think Lucy kind of knows that there might be something between them. Yeah. Because yeah. sometimes it does feel like the things that she says to Eleanor are very like pointed and like meant mm-hmm. to be hurtful. As yeah. If she does know that they had like something going on. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. There, like, I guess there are some times where I'm like, she could just be really, really excited. But it's also one of those things where, why would she pick Eleanor? Like, I understand what you'd pick her over Marianne, mm-hmm. but, like, why tell anyone? Yeah. It's been four years. Yeah. Like, and you I don't think... all of a sudden now need to do yeah. it. I don't think it's explicitly stated, but... Yeah. It's I... kind of implied, especially when she she's does. always just like, oh, his family loves me. And I think she does say something along the lines of, like, they don't like you. Yeah. <laughs> so... She's, like, she starts out as kind of, like, stupid and annoying, mm-hmm. but then she quickly gets into kind of, like vindictive yeah so i don't think that she's genuine and i mean clearly she's not because as soon as edward is like disinherited Mm -hmm. for his engagement then she's like yeah bye like i don't want you anymore yeah i also would just like to address that the fact that the next brother married lucy you know maybe the men in that family are just stupid yeah the synapses just didn't connect because apparently he was also supposed to be super like into money but why would he marry lucy Steele then i think that's where jane austen loses the plot she i think she just wanted to do that whole nonsense with the mr ferris is married to lucy Steele, and not have it be clear if it was edward ferris or robert ferris but i don't think it was like actually a solid plot point i think they should have had a cousin or something maybe yeah yeah but he also wasn't disinherited Maybe they just didn't care about the second son. 
No, but then, like, he would have been the one who who inherited everything once yeah. Edward was disinherited. Yeah, so they once... literally disinherit Edward. Wait, I'm yeah, this up because then that doesn't make sense. Oh, okay, okay. When <laughs> Edward and Lucy's secret engagement is revealed, his mother disinherits him, passing the estate to his brother irrevocably. This means mm. that unlike his brother, Robert is independent of his mother's approval to marry. Ah, oh, damn, that sucks. Damn, Lucy, ooh. Lucy really made the move there. You know, respect. I hate her, but she got me. <laughs> she really she really made the move. She really committed. Damn. It's kind of funny that this... Okay, what I was going to say earlier was that this made me realize that Lucy is Eleanor's sister-in-law. Oh, God. What I wouldn't give to be a fly on the wall that first dinner... When they all oh get God, back yeah. together. But also, he got disinherited, <laughs> so would they even have dinner together? They could. If they had dinner, it would be because Eleanor, like, told Eleanor them. managed it yeah. in. <laughs> so Lucy Steele's definitely not genuine, but, you know, I admire her for getting the bag. <laughs> yeah, I I agree with that. All right. Before we, we wrap up, wrap up, what are you reading right now, Annabelle? I'm actually reading Persuasion by Jane Austen. One of the two novels I have not read by her, but must read in, in order the next for like to... two weeks. Yeah, in order for us to finish this podcast, which I'm not mad about. <laughs> yeah, I just started Persuasion. I think I'm like six or seven chapters in. Um, nothing has really happened yet, other than Anne has gone to. I think she went to Bath and stayed with her like sister. Yeah, let's be honest. Does anything ever really happen in any Jane Austen novel? Yeah, but besides I... like they go somewhere and then someone else goes somewhere. <laughs> Yeah, but I was really honestly surprised that I was this many chapters in and, like, nothing was happening at all. Like, only yeah. now something is happening. Like, in mm-hmm. Pride and Prejudice, the first thing that happened, or the first, like, chapter is that a thing happens, and that is That's true. Mr. Bingley moves in. It took a while for them to just basically get to, like, the setup, because they had to do the setup of, like, this is the family. This is how they're yeah. like. So this is, like, a second chance romance. Mm-hmm. Okay, I was honestly, I was kind of surprised. Jane Austen really invented all the tropes. Yeah. Honestly, though, this one, I am, this is kind of interesting how we're like, this is one where like the man actually has a job Mm -hmm. from the start and not because he has to in order to survive at Edward Ferris. So yeah, that's what I'm reading. I did start another book, but like, will I be continue reading it? Probably not. So I'm not going to mention it. (laughs) Sarah, what are you reading? I am reading four books. I'm still working on Helen of Troy, Goddess, Princess, Whore. Yeah, I haven't really gotten very far since we recorded last week. And I'm kind of in the middle of Absolute Trust in the Goodness of the Earth, New Poems by Alice Walker. By New Poems, I believe she means 2005. Um, (laughs) I'm also in the middle of Useless Magic, Lyrics and Poetry by Florence Welch from Florence and the Machine. And just reading her lyrics without the music is they're so good because it's so interesting because her voice is so ethereal but her lyrics too are just amazing and then finally at work i am reading an organizer's tale uh, which is a collection of speeches by caesar chavez wow yeah it's really good i've been like kind of annotating it as i sit at the cash register so yeah Okay, well, that's what we're reading. And those are our thoughts on Sense and Sensibility. We hope you understand why we hate Edward Ferris so much. And we hope you agree. Obviously, if you don't, 
please let us know because we we would love to have a little bit of discourse <laughs> about it. So send us your thoughts either on Instagram or, or by emailing us and obviously be sure to follow us on Instagram. Our username is on.r.shelves and we post book reviews, recommendations, and more. And tune in next episode where we'll be chatting about Northanger Abbey. We hope you enjoyed this episode and thanks for listening to us share what's on, on our, our shelves. shelves.